0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward podcast. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. And then we're going to jump to Acts chapter 8. So we're just going to read this verse and we're teaching on the soul winner. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. That's the real wisdom. And that's what we're all real stri- really striving for is real wisdom. He that winneth souls. And we went to Acts chapter 8. We taught last week on the characteristics of the soul winner. The first one is soul winners listen. Soul winners listen. It was the spirit of God that told Philip, hey, go join yourself in this chariot. Hey, go down to Samaria or to Gaza, which is desert. And we have to listen to God. And that, that, the, the reason that we, and this is last week's recap, but we're not really the sole winner we're all baptized by one spirit into Christ. We, The Holy Spirit is the soul winner. We're just kind of like, I heard a preacher say this and it was really good. You know, preachers think that we're like sometimes the chef that we may have the message and it's like the meals, like preacher, feed me. Feed me, preacher. The preacher's supposed to have all the fried chicken and, and everything else. No, the preacher's more like the waiter. You know what the waiter does? The waiter takes the food from the kitchen and brings it to the customer without messing it up, right? Get the right order, make sure it's hot, and bring it there with a smile on your face. That's really what the preacher does, but it's also what the soul winner does. We need to bring the message of Jesus Christ, not mess it up, keep it hot, keep it uh, uh, on fire with the Holy Ghost, and take it to the customer, so we 're not making up anything new, although fried chicken is very good. Thank you for the fried chicken on father 's Day. But the second thing soul winners do, soul winners first listen, and then soul winners learn. Soul winners learn and in Acts chapter uh, in Acts chapter eight, when philip he's told uh, to join himself to the chariot. And there is this Ethiopian eunuch that is returning from worship, and he's reading what is Acts chapter 53, although it was on a scroll, right? We know it, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 53. And he was reading about Jesus Christ getting ready to be crucified. It was a prophecy written hundreds of years before Christ's crucifixion. And Philip was told, go join yourself to his chariot. And it said he ran to join himself to the chariot. So what was he doing? Philip was a learner. He was a learner. So, child comes home from his first day at school. Mother said, what did you learn today? Kid said, not enough. I have to go back tomorrow. <laughs> you know, a lot of us, like the little, little mosquito, he came back from his first day of uh, flying around, and his dad said, Well, how did it go? And he said, dad, it was great. I said, well, how do you know it was great? So my flying was great. I flew around this picnic and there was a bunch of people there and everybody was clapping. (laughs) This guy said, I learned yesterday that a school of piranhas can strip all the flesh off a cat's body in less than a minute. On the downside, I lost my job at the aquarium. Person said, I learned how much rainbows weigh. It turns out they're pretty light. Where do you learn to make banana splits? Church. Or really, Sunday school, right? Soul winners, listen. So in Acts chapter 8, verse 29. The Spirit said, then the Spirit said unto Philip, here's this guy, he left his revival that he was preaching in Samaria, came down to the desert. Why? Because he's a listener. Soul winners listen. And we need to listen to God. But second, he was a learner. He didn't know everything. You know that uh, little kids, they learn things. If you're, you have a child, you're constantly telling them, no, do it this way, no, do it this way. Well, guess what? When we're learning That's what God's going to do. Hey, go over here. Go do this. Go do this. And maybe you don't realize this, but kids are used to getting direction. They don't know everything. They might not even know how to like open a door or something. You have to tell them everything. Spiritually, God will not leave you comfortless. He will actually guide your direction. So notice, he said, go near. Join thyself to this chariot. We need to learn to follow the Spirit of God. And Philip, the Bible says, ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, which is Isaiah, and said, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of Scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. And this is a quote from Isaiah chapter 53. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom... Speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man. So the eunuch was a humble enough person to say, I don't get it. Like David was talking about, he was in this class in the Navy and he's just like, I don't get it. And they were talking about all of these woke, the woke propositions or whatever. But you know that this eunuch was reading the scriptures and he said, I don't get it. Is, is Isaiah talking about Isaiah. Or is Isaiah talking about somebody else? And so it's interesting. We see that uh, as a soul winner needs to learn. Why? Because there are others that need to learn too about Jesus. Soul winners need to be sensitive to God because he is going to guide and direct our hearts. And you know, in order to be a leader, and the last thing we're going to teach is next week about leading people to Christ. If we're going to lead people to Christ, we need to first be led by jesus we need to be led by the spirit of god the bible says that they that are led by the spirit of god are the sons of god they're the daughters of god they're the ones that the holy ghost said say this and you know sometimes the holy ghost will deal with you about something and it's not what you want to do Uh, uh, you'll want to you know crucify someone and god will say no give him some food and you're like what but god but you see, God's out here to win people, not kill people. God's here to love people, not hate people. Learn the first thing. So soul winners learn. And we see that he's gonna lead him to Jesus. That's next Bible study. But soul winners, first, if we're gonna lead people to Jesus, we need to learn about Jesus. So there's a little college called Harvard in Boston, Massachusetts. It's actually a collection of, you know, different colleges. But I want to read you one of the rules and precepts. This was adopted in 1646, okay? Harvard's one of the most prestigious universities in the entire world. Very difficult to get into. I think one girl maybe wanted to go to Harvard from my high school class. Any of Trish's class going to go to Harvard? One or two maybe? It's, it's very difficult to get in. Think of like the Naval Academy or Yale or Princeton, very difficult to get into. And one or two, you know, from a high school class might get accepted. You know, one or two from a high school class, if you're accepted to Harvard, you're probably accepted to like everything and you just choose where you wanna go. So listen to what in 1646, one of the precepts and rules of the College of Harvard was. And this is old English, so. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well. The main, M-A-I-N-E, main. The main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. And it cites John chapter 17 and verse three. And therefore to lay Christ in the bottom, with an E on the end, as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. And seeing the Lord only giveth wisdom, with an E on the end, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him. And that's Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 3. The main goal of going to Harvard was not to become a lawyer. It was not to make money. It was not to start... Facebook, didn't Mark Zuckerberg go to Harvard? I think he might have, anyway, but uh, I maybe. And look, that you are extremely talented, there's much you can do, but I don't think this is in the rules and the precepts of the handbook currently at Harvard, but it sure makes a lot of sense. John Harvard was a preacher that donated his books to that college. It was started as a preacher's school. But still, that we as soul winners, we need to take that initial learning of Harvard. We need to know Jesus. Jesus said himself, he said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And he said, and learn trigonometry. No. Uh, He said, learn of me. You know, it's interesting that the, the, the disciples never asked Jesus... Lord, teach us how to preach. Man can figure that out. Do you know what they did ask Jesus? Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, I, we need to get results. And you know, it's interesting. When you really need something, you put away all the Lord, dost thou greatest that and you put away and you're like, God, I need you. When my daughter was in the hospital and I, I look, I prayed and different things and I, I knew how to speak some King James version, but I, or the James King version, right? But when my daughter was teetering around leaving this place, this earth, and she just got here, uh, I, and they couldn't get an IV, she was dehydrated, the only word that came to my mind As I was watching these nurses and and the doctor trying to get an IV in my daughter the only thing I could say was Jesus and I say well preacher are you uneducated no I don't believe I am uneducated I believe I want to have a prayer that works (laughs) you see that only Jesus that is a name that is above every name and Jesus if you can get his attention He already knows the situation. I believe that as Philip was going up to that chariot, he's like, Oh, Jesus, God, you got to do something. I remember when we got this building, I was walking in to talk to the lady, and it didn't look like it was going to work out. She had laid all these stipulations, and uh, it it just wasn't going to work. I'd already talked to the people on my side, and they're like, No, we're not going to do that. So I walked in the door, and I said, God, you've got to do something because I'm not feeling anything. I didn't feel the presence of God. You know what? I walked in there and I told the lady, I said, ma'am, we can't do this. We can't. And I laid out all the things. And you know what she did? She looked at me. She goes, no problem. We'll just change that, change that, change that. Brethren, it was God. God answers prayer. But it wasn't by feeling. I felt nothing. In fact, I felt depressed, discouraged, run down, and that If God didn't do everything, nothing was going to happen, which I really believe was the case. But God hears prayer. And God had already been doing something. I just didn't know it. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I like this, chapter 9, 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. You ever seen guys work out at the gym? I, I used to work at the gym and uh, in the Marine Corps. And I'd have to wipe down all the... I was getting ready to get out and that's where they put you. It's like a job that nobody wants. They make you work in the gym because you can't deploy overseas so they just go work in the gym. And I loved it. So I went to work in the gym and I'm wiping the machines down and these guys would come in, you know, like Flexor. And they'd be like... Raw! And then you could see everyone they work out and they're like, oh, they're just looking at their technique. No, they're not. They're like flexing in the mirror. Boys do that and marine boys do that I don't know if girls do that but it says let not the mighty man glory in his might you know it's something it's like when the, the horse goes they just like to have all that power right but the bible said let not the rich man glory in his riches but let him that glorieth glory in this you can boast about something that he understandeth and knoweth me. You can glory in God. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. You know what Paul said many, many years later in uh, Corinthians? He said, according as it is written, and he was quoting from Jeremiah, he that glorieth. Let him glory in the Lord. We need to learn that, to glory in God. And uh, Paul had explained that God doesn't use all these mighty men. God doesn't use that. He really explains what Jeremiah lays out. I just don't have time to go into it. Well, if you're not mighty or you don't think you didn't go to Harvard College, look, not a lot of people that go to Harvard are used by God. God, Paul explained that. You can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But... Zechariah does talk about something that God used. Chapter 9 and verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the foal of an ass. And that's fulfilled in Matthew chapter 21. verse 5 tell ye the daughter of sion behold thy king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass what does that mean if god can prophesy and use a donkey to carry jesus brethren god can use us (laughs) if god he puts that in scripture is an animal And it was a donkey. It wasn't exactly, you know, rhinoceros or a lion. But God had a special purpose for a donkey, which is not the highest of all animals. Brethren, if God can use a donkey, God can use you and me. God has a purpose for your life and my life. If you don't think you're something, that's a start of being used by God. Him that gloryeth, let him glory in the Lord. Learn about Jesus. But the second thing, learn to be uncomfortable. You know that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that uh, that we are comforted by God. It's, it's often read in a, in a funeral service that we may have this comfort to give others comfort. But the Bible didn't say we were comfortable. You know, in the times of funeral, you're not. You're, 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 you're experiencing a loss. But the Bible doesn't say we're comfortable. It says we're comfortable. Did. that's two different things we have a comforter which is the Holy Ghost but we need to learn it's it's a, a a common theme among elite military units learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable and really as a soul winner you have to learn to be uncomfortable you know you're in line you're minding your own business at Walmart or if you're uppity at Target you know wherever you shop and uh the person's like, hey, uh, the Lord, excuse me, is like, hey, talk to that person about God. And you're just minding your own business, you know, buying your mints, right, at, at, at Walgreens. If you can find them at Walmart, good luck. I need to go to Walgreens after church because I can't find them at Walmart. And God's like, hey, join yourself to their chariot. What, what is he saying? God deals with our hearts. Why? Because he cares about people. And you say, well, and, you know, you can give your 15 excuses to God. God, but I'm white and they're black. No one's ever said that. Philip could have said that. He was an Ethiopian eunuch and he was a Jew. He could have said, oh, the Jews have no dealings with, with Ethiopians, Lord. He didn't say that. You know, all of us can have, our. but, but Lord, I'm tired. But, but I, my clothes stink because, you know, I'm, I'm from coming home from work. Well, you're in the store. I mean, they already smell you, okay? All of your excuses. You know what Philip did? Philip could have stank. He was running around in the desert. I don't think they'd invented deodorant. You know, it's been 2,000 years later they invented deodorant, whatever. But he ran to the chariot. You know, when God deals with us, just do it. I remember uh, I blame it on God. I've done that before. I felt uncomfortable. And the Lord says, hey, invite them to church. And I'll just tell them. God can handle it. Hey, the Lord told me <laughs> to invite you to church. If they don't like it, they can blame it on God because I don't really feel comfortable or confident. You know, you're like, oh, God, I don't know. They're, they're dressed so nice. They probably are in a big, big, huge car. And I, if they see my car, just put your excuses away and just do what God wants you to do. Be uncomfortable. And you say, well, preacher, I will fail. Yes. But you know what? You learn much more from failure than you do by doing things the same way. Because when you fail, you change, you refine. But you know what? Learn that it's okay to fail in growing for God. Learn to be uncomfortable. Just give them an invitation. Learn, well, that didn't work, and try it a different way. Learn to just say, hey, bro, come out to church with us on Sunday. Just don't don't give them a King James Version invite the lord lovest thy soul and thy soul is glory do you glory in the lord no they'll run from you that's weird just say hey bro hey you go to church no man i hate church well man just come try our church i think you'll like it well i'm I'm busy this sunday we're open next sunday i mean just be yourself but you say well preacher i'm not good at it how are you gonna get good at it Mm -hmm. unless you It's like, I want to learn karate, but I don't want to practice because I might get hurt. Well, you're never going to learn karate. You're just going to do it like in, you know, after you watch a martial arts movie. You're just going to be like, you don't know anything, right? That's just like, you're just excited that you saw. You don't know anything. You just go get hurt, right? You look like you just ran into a spider web. You don't know karate. But if you're going to do karate, you're going to have to learn consistency. You're going to have to get hit a few times. You're going to have to get slammed on the ground a few times. (laughs) ask me how I know. You're going to have to get humiliated a few times. You're going to have to learn that you don't put your weight on your front foot. Otherwise, someone will kick it. Ask me how I know, right? So you learn if you're the only white guy in a bunch of Orientals, you're a target. (laughs) Ask me how I know because I took karate in Hong Kong. So I really was the only white guy there. I was introduced by the outgoing white guy and I was the new white guy. So Not the teacher. No, the teacher was Oriana. He's from Malaysia. I mean, I was the only white guy. Japanese, Chinese, I think Malaysians, and one gringo, one hunky, right? So, I mean, and I was the easy guy. I was no belt. I was the guy to beat up. So, anyway, so. But you know what? I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I was uncomfortable every time I went there. (laughs) But that's when you really learn, right? When you don't know everything. When you know everything, like a teenager. I know. I know. I know. You know what that means? I'm not gonna listen. That's what it means. And God doesn't want us to be like that. I hate that. When my daughters are like, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And it's just like, why'd you even ask me? It's a disdain. You know, it's like, ah, I can't handle that. But you know what? We need to know that we can be uncomfortable, and it's okay. Be uncomfortable, and it shows that you're humble when you talk to someone. It'll just make you humble. Say, you know what? I'm nervous to talk about talking to people. I just. Um, I just feel this. I felt led to just give you an invitation to church. You you don't have to come. But here, here, I just, you know, I'm not good at this. Just, Just tell them. They're nervous too. But just learn to make a mistake and just grow in God. Learn to be uncomfortable. Brethren, you've got to be uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable at every door I knock at. But you know what? Do it anyway. And that's how you learn. You learn. Uh, you knock at two doors and nobody answers them and then they both open at the same time. What do you do? Send my wife to one, I go to the other one. Man, we just, we've done this a few times, right? Be- but it's, un- it's uncomfortable, right? But you learn to do it. You learn. Learn to be content. You know, to be a soul winner, you just have to be content. You have to be content with your car. You have to be content with your husband. You have to be content with your wife. Uh, You have to be content with the dinner that you ate. You have to be content. It's a spirit. It's an attitude, right? You know, because some Christians, they look like they were, you know, uh, eating peanuts through a Coke bottle. You know, like, with the long, turn to front peanuts through a Coke bottle, and they're just just unhappy. (laughs) No one wants that. We've already got enough problems. You don't want to come to church, do you? Yeah, You, you probably don't. Right? No, of course not. Because you're mad and they're mad and they don't want to come. No, it's like, no, I got no problems, man. I'm gonna go to church. But Paul said, I learned in Philippians chapter four and verse eleven, I've learned what? In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I've learned contentment. And you know, I I've I've been in the ministry a few years. Some days, you know, stake money, some days. It seems like a mistake. I mean, some some days. Really? I mean, some days you're up, and some days you're like, ooh, I'm six months out before I, I, I catch back up, right? And, like, my wife knows, right? But the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You really great have great gain if you're godly and you're content and it makes you an advertisement for Jesus Christ. If you can... be holding your 150 cent thing at the store and you're checking out and you look happy and they got a bunch of stuff and they look sad they'll listen to you why you got the happy contentment that the world can't sell you from a store you can't buy contentment you can just buy stuff you can't buy contentment. learn to be content why because God is working Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be content because Romans chapter 8 verse 28 is in force. And we know that all things work together for good. We have to trust that. When we're, and they're like, well, I got all these things going wrong. Well, man, let me tell you a verse of scripture. It's in the Bible, man. And we know that all things work together for good. You know, I know you're going through stuff, but the Bible says if you love God and you're called according to his purpose, man, I can guarantee you it's gonna work out better. It's gonna work out for good. And even though you're going through all this crazy stuff, you can come give it to God. And you know what? Uh, We can trust in that if we learn it ourselves first and we can tell other people about it second. Learn to be uncomfortable. And you know you're going through things, but uh, I'm almost out of time. Let me, I have to, oh, here's, here's one thing. The last, well, let me just go to the last part, because the things that God is doing in you now, the things that you're going through now, you see, Philip was started as, a, he was started as a deacon to clear tables. He was wiping tables down. He was vacuuming the floor. No, he wasn't because there was no vacuum, right? It's like. It's like, uh, excuse me, um, John, where do you plug this in? Like, I don't know. We haven't invented electricity yet. <laughs> so, but no, he, he was wiping the tables down and, and taking food out and different things. And then God had him preach a revival. And then God sent him down to be a, a, like, a, like a Navy SEAL, one-man one missionary to a eunuch in a chariot that was going to go take that message back to Ethiopia, to the palace where he couldn't get where Philip couldn't get, where the Jews couldn't get, where the gospel couldn't get, unless he won someone to Jesus Christ. So the message goes in hearts, right? But he did that, but everything that he was doing, uh, someone said this, grow where you are planted. You know, when God has you going to church and God has you go, God's God's preparing you to go up the next step. Don't you know that when kids go to school in first grade, you know they're preparing? to go to second grade. And then they're preparing... To go to third grade and they don't really graduate they they have graduation but it's really commencement it's a start when they graduate from high school it's really the beginning oh but i'm a college graduate now you can get a job right but you see after you graduate from college it's a beginning but when god is doing in something us in us now we have to prepare for the thing that he's going to use it for later so always be uncomfortable but knowing that God's preparing you for something down the road with what you're going through now so the last thing I had about a minute left learn okay don't laugh sister Bigelow learn because he ran to the chariot right to respond better oh, she did laugh and it's always easy to tell someone else The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, and I'm not going to read the scripture, but you can check it out. Learn to be better, not bitter. You know that we can choose our response to something. You can hang on to something. Uh, There is a, was it the tale of, is Miss Havisham from the tale of two cities? Not the tale of two cities. Uh, Great Expectations. Is that Charles Dickens? Great Expectations. So she was this old lady in this yellowed uh, wedding gown. Yellowed from age. Because she was left at the altar. I know it's a novel, right? But she stayed in the wedding dress. She, like, lived in the wedding dress. And she was living that heartache for the rest of her life. Instead of just getting over it, go find another man. She lived her whole life as a, as a spinster, right? And basically lived in that, that heartache. Brethren, learn to be better. Let it go. But someone did me wrong well that's their problem but i'm not going to sit there and hold it i'm going to give it to jesus and be free from that bitterness learn to be better not bitter learn to respond better learn lessons now that are going to be used later when jesus washed the disciples feet the bible said i'm going to try to Jesus answered and said unto him, and this is in John chapter 13 and verse 7 What I do, thou knowest not now. You don't know what Jesus, sometimes we know that God's begun a good work in us, but we don't know what He's doing. He doesn't give us a step by step, does He? We just know by the faith of the Word of God. He that began a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And Jesus told his disciples, I did this thing for you. You don't know what I'm doing now. Later you'll know. He said, learn to respond well to the test or the lesson now, knowing that God has a purpose for it later down the road. Now God told him, and let me just read what he said. He said, if I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet for i have given you an example that you should do as i have done unto you now some churches have foot washing services but that's because back in the day their feet got really nasty because they wore sandals and they didn't have asphalt and sidewalks i heard one preacher say that you know Washing someone's feet wasn't really the main lesson. The main lesson was to give an example of that humility and being a blessing to others. What do people come to church in? Cars. Wash someone's car. They don't need to polish their shoes. It was example of humility of being a blessing to them. What gets dirty? Their cars. You know, I guess my shoes get dirty if I stamp around in a puddle, but it's that example Oh, love and I've washed people's cars yeah you know, single a mom that came not single mom but a mom that would come with their kids take her to the car wash and just wash her car or something like that I've done that many times what do you do washing people's feet that's washing people's feet and I can be washing their car it can be giving them a soda it's showing that love to someone who needs it they need a little pick-me-up and uh, learn to respond better to a lesson that we might not fully understand now but we will understand it Better, like the song said, by and by. i like to close with this. Song said, I dreamed I went to heaven. You were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold, beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw a young man. He was smiling as he came. He said, friend, you may not know me now. But then he said, but wait. You used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before that class would start. One morning when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. And then the chorus said, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Soul winners, we learn. We learn about Jesus. We learn to uh, be uncomfortable. And we learn to respond better. And you know, all of these things, we're all growing, right? But we can grow in His grace. And in his knowledge, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to him be glory both now and forever. Let us pray. Reverend Patterson, would you dismiss us and pray? Hey, God bless you. See you Thursday. Talk to someone about God. Learn about Jesus. Amen.